America. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. At that particular time, man, my baby had got care flighted to uh, to Cook's children, uh, where we were told that, like I said, the, the scissors had punctured her brain, caused blood clots on her brain, man. So she had to have an emergency brain surgery, um, which was an eight-and-a-half-hour surgery. Wow. And during that eight-and-a-half-hour sur- uh, eight surgery, man, she had a massive, massive stroke because of the blood clots. Um and at that point, um, and again, I'm also talking about having twins. So my other daughter, who had to witness everything, right. who had to look at her sister pass out and bleed out in the cafeteria floor and get care flighted. And we, you know, man, as a family, one of the hardest things to do is sit through an eight-hour brain surgery. Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast. This is a safe space where men share their fatherhood journey. These conversations are transparent and, more importantly, vulnerable. Now, because each fatherhood story is situationally nuanced, some topics are heavier than others. The commonality found amongst all the guests is a genuine desire to help and inspire other men through telling their story. And now, here's your host, Derek Johns. Derek Johns. All right. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Dead Son Show. We have conversations about fatherhood. It's forefathers, those with fathers, and the fatherless. So nobody's excluded. I don't always have the mic to myself, and today's no different. I am excited about the guest we had today. Community figure, father figure, great father, Reggie George. Welcome to the Dead Son Show. How are you, my brother? Hey, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I appreciate you for having me on me. Yeah, man. I we we got connected. Um, and that's not the story, but we got connected nonetheless. And we had a conversation um about what you're doing, what fatherhood means to you. It it resonated with me so deeply that um this is this is I had to extend that formal invite, man, get you on the show. And I, I'm gonna try not to be too excited about your story as we go through this, but uh <laughs> Everybody can see the brand. At least I got it queued. There we go. Queued right, up a little right, bit. Right. Uh, father figure, man. I'm 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 a, I'm a definitely a supporter. I get it. It it made sense immediately. But let's understand. Help the people understand the backstory, like how you came to this brand, the movement, because it's more than it's more than it's more than clothing. It's um it's more than a statement. But orient the audience to how that came to be. Yeah, man. Um, the brand itself, the movement itself, man, um, like a lot of things in life come from um, different forms of adversity, different forms of, of uh, hardship. Uh, but but in our particular instance, man, it was it was tragedy. Yikes. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Um, and and, you know, just to give you a quick backdrop, man, um, I have a set of twins. 
Kennedy and Camden. Shout out Kennedy and Camden. I have a, uh, my wife of 20 years, almost 21 years. Salute bro. to that too. Um, but for me, fatherhood and being a father figure has always been part of who I am and who I was. But um, our circumstance just kind of highlighted that. Yeah. You dig? So um, <clears throat> my daughters who are now 16, when they were 13, um, my daughter Camden, a little boy, and I'm saying a little boy, this was a young man. Cab was 15 years old, man. Yeah. He um, stabbed my baby in the head with a pair of scissors at school and uh, and really potentially, man, an attempted murder at school. Yeah. You know, like I said, just a, uh, uh, a teacher issued pair of scissors to the left side of her, her head, puncturing her skull and puncturing her brain, man. Um, which as a father, you know what I'm saying? Like, even when you and I spoke, you can, you can imagine, man, that's, that's, that's the, the range of emotions, man, yeah. is, you know, bro, you, you, you on a literal roller coaster. Yeah. Um, just, man, I, don't, I don't know how you, I don't know how you're sitting here today talking about bro. it. It's three, three and a half years later, bro. Is is and and then you know that's the that's the that's the biggest thing from the fathering standpoint, and that's really where um, the creation of the brand, the movement, everything. Because my perspective as a protector, as a provider, it was um, it was honestly damaged. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I became damaged goods at that point because. Um, and not even from a, a negative perspective, yeah. it just, it just chips away at that thing. Like we always want to be able to protect our kids and be there, even though I know in my, in my, in my heart of hearts, there was really nothing I could do right. to protect them from that. But, um, you know, man, I, I drop them off at school every day. And all I did that particular day was drop them off at school and, and, you know, supposedly one of the safest places for our kids to go is right. the schoolhouse. Um, but the emotions for a father and that at that particular point, and that's only, you know, that ain't even a, 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 a slice of where the story starts. Right. Um, but man, it's, it's, it's one of those deals where, um, do I do I go seek revenge? Right. Do I do I uh, do I do what what nine out of ten fathers got going on in their brain? Like just go hunt this hunt this boy down, hunt right. his hunt his people down. Right. Um. But what spawned the father figure movement, the brand, everything was um, my mindset as a father. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like. At that particular time, man, my baby had got care flighted to uh, to Cook's children, uh, where we were told that, like I said, the the scissors had punctured her brain, caused blood clots on her brain, man. So she had to have an emergency brain surgery, um, which was an eight and a half hour surgery. Wow. And during that eight and a half sur- uh, eight and a half hour surgery, man, she had a massive massive stroke because of the blood clots. Um. And at that point, um, and again, I'm also talking about having twins. So my other daughter who had to witness everything, right. who had to look at her sister pass out and bleed out in the cafeteria floor and get care flighted. And we, you know, man, as a family, one of the hardest things to do is sit through an eight hour brain surgery. Right. You know, not knowing what's going on, not knowing if, if she's even um, 
already a vegetable, man. That was the reality of things. Like when you're talking about brain damage, you don't know how severe that thing is. You don't know um, what her what her state is yeah. during the surgery and or after. So th- this is uh, we're talking about a, a span of hours from the incident to where you are in this place of not knowing how the surgery. You, you, I'm, I would imagine you don't even, even understand the course of events Bro, at this time. Let me let me let me break it down for any any parent, but more but more importantly, any father, man. Like I said, I dropped my kids off at 730 a.m. Right. And it's 730 p.m. My baby is in the middle of a, an eight hour emergency brain surgery. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that's how. Um, and man, I'm getting goosebumps even telling you that just because to even say it is is crazy, bro. Like, you know, we always hear that tomorrow ain't promised, man, right. but the rest of the day ain't promised. So let's um, let's let's pause. <laughs> let's 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 reel back a little bit. Right. We'll, we'll come back to that. OK. Um, to orient the people, where we are, where we are in the story is in uh, Gramper. This was a Gramper. No, this actually Mansfield, Mansfield ISD. Mansfield so ISD. this is this is uh, matter of fact, we we the anniversary is this weekend, so it's May twentieth, twenty nineteen, bro. Okay. We'll, we'll 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 definitely come back to it. Let's 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 start with uh, let's let's go back to your story. Where were you born and raised? Um, and I was. I'm a military brat, so okay. I was born in Little Rock, Arkansas, gotcha. but I was raised a little bit of everywhere. Man. Gotcha. My dad was stationed overseas, man, stationed in uh, Germany, El Paso, Colleen, everywhere, man. So, uh, you know, just a military brat life. At what age and what place did you identify with the most, or or, or is it all just a process? You, you're here for a little bit, but, like, what? where were you when you started to understand – who you are, you were an athlete, correct? Right, correct. Where were you where life started to kind of stick for you? You saw athletics as a path. Where were you located at that time? Where living at that time? In Fort Hood, Colleen. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I really um, I really started recognizing my God-given abilities. Like, you know what I'm saying? I do this, I do things sort of unconsciously. Right. You know, so once you start to recognize that, like, okay, man, I kind of, you start kind of standing out or you start kind of, you know, man, sometimes I would even, you know, eighth grade, ninth grade, I would watch film or stuff and, and, and kind of not even remember like, man, did I do that? Wow. Wow. I don't even remember that part. Things on the field. Right. On the field or on the court. You know, it, it just, you know, when you, when you, um, organically, start to just gravitate yeah. toward um not even not even athletics but being being a superior athlete. Like when it just when it just comes naturally, yeah, then that's when I started to really kind of recognize like, okay, man, this is just this is what it is. How like, old are you at this point? I'm probably 14, 14. 13, 14. Like man, by the time I got to the by the time I was in the seventh grade, man, I was um I was I was a I was an elite athlete. Gotcha. Football, basketball, track, whatever. Gotcha. And that's not saying that egotistically. Like I said, sometimes look that's man, facts. I was I was an elite football player, bro. Right. And I hated football practice. I hated the weight room. I hated 
you know, basketball was my love. So I love to go to basketball practice gotcha. and, and hoop with the homies. And my, my, my group of cats that I hung with was all hoopers. Gotcha. You know, I was the, I was the football player, but that's just because naturally I was built like a football player. Yeah. I could get out there and do things that, but it, at the time it wasn't cause I was putting in the work and that's really what I'm, what I'm kind of, you know, getting that from the from a from a naturally gifted standpoint. Yeah, man, I would. I grew up with the severest form of asthma known to man, bro. Really? And at least twice a week, I would fake an asthma attack so I wouldn't have to go to football <laughs> practice, bro. I was say getting hit can't be good for that. <laughs> well, no, nah, but but athletics is really what helped me conquer asthma. Really, you know, being out in the elements, man, because I had severe allergies and. Just you know, had to push through it. Or you just you just build up an immunity to gotcha. it. Gotcha. Um, so being out there in the elements helped me. But again, my my disdain for football practice and the weight room. Yeah. But man, on Friday night when them lights come on. That was all you. Oh, bro, I turn into to, to Megatron out there, man. Did you did you feel obligated to play? Because I'm I like like basketball being your love, your natural gifted as an athlete, mm-hmm. seems like maybe pour all your time into that. Why football? Um, man, just because, you know, we grew up in an era where, um, you know, you, you, everybody tried everything, Gotcha. you know what I'm saying? And I just happened to be that dude that, you know, football, I was, I was really a dual sport athlete all the way through, gotcha. you know, like I was, um, and I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think, I don't even remember not playing both right. ever, you know what I'm saying? But basketball was more because that was just our pastime. Like I would leave football practice and still go play basketball all night. Yes. Or Friday we have football games, and I'm talking high school now. We have football games on Friday, mm-hmm. but the rest of the weekend I was hooping. You gotcha. know. Um, so football, like I said, football was just naturally where I gravitated to. Just because, you know, I was I was a little bit more solid than the rest of my homies, man. Like I said, I was I was naturally built yeah. like a football player. Yeah. And then um, you know, when I got out there, man, I could do things that that just came easy. Yeah. You had to watch it back. Man, oh, <laughs> watch and, it back on the film. And then and then, you know, basketball, you know, bro, I wasn't never six nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it some things you can just you can just look at. And say like, man, I you know, I ain't never gonna be six five. What was your um what was your relationship like with your dad? Man, um bro, I had a I had a a a second to none experience with my father. I love that. But um and this is what I'm saying about the brand, the movement, everything, man, is is I was not raised by my biological father. Got it. Um, were you aware the whole time? I was not. Um, but, uh, but my story is, like I said, I was born in, in North Little Rock, but I was adopted when I was two. Yeah. So when I was two, three years old, my dad got stationed in Germany and, uh, man, my upbringing with my sister, with, with my family, man, I probably didn't find out. I, I didn't find out I was adopted until. Till, till I was maybe 13, 14 years old. Wow. Um, and you never saw a difference to to even think that that was 
Not not one second, bro. Not one second. Um, and like I said, growing up in a military family and having severe asthma, bro, there were there would be months where I would where I would spend in the hospital because of asthma attacks and wow. you know, I had that swallow your tongue type asthma. Wow. But um if my path is any different, I don't even know if I'm here, man, just because you know, with military benefits and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. it, without all that I miss you, them. You, my, my wife was in. I yeah. miss those. You can't just sit up in a hospital for months. Yeah. Um and for me, my father um was that strength. Like you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. see, sometimes when you grow up in these in these military families, man, you you're allowed to have emotions, but my dad never let me use my emotions as an excuse. I'll give you an example of what I'm saying, man. I would have asthma attacks, mm-hmm. right? And not knowing at the time that the doctors would tell my parents, like the more he builds up an immunity to the, to these things or the more his his allergies are not triggered, um, the better off his asthma will be. So, I mean, I would get out the hospital literally may be in the hospital a couple weeks. First thing my dad would have me do, like, bro, you got to get out there and cut that yard, homie. Get outside. And I'm thinking, like, man, this man's bad, bro. I just got out the hospital. Yeah. Like, man, you know all this stuff, the pollen and the grass, it triggered. Yeah. Not knowing that they've already told him, like, that's that's what helps him. Bro, I would be, it would be July. I'm cutting the yard in a whole jogging suit, a mask on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking this man torturing me. Like, right. bro, come on, what kind of dude make me cut the yard two days after I get out of the hospital from an asthma attack? But it was it was that that wouldn't allow me to use asthma as an excuse. Gotcha. Um, to to just lay around and and dwell in asthma. Yeah. How did how did that um inform the rest of your life? I I have some thoughts about it like even just you as a teenager growing into a man and then becoming a father like that that's a um that's that's not an average train of thought it's it's not and but it's but it's also um i don't think my father ever expect anything average from me Mm. you know what i'm saying that is an above average train of thought because if you desire to be average, then you fall into average. Yeah. Um, but I don't think my dad ever, ever expected anything average of me. Yeah. Cause that's not even like, and I want the audience to, that's not tough love. This is, um, intentional, intentionally giving you what you needed for life, whether you understood it or not. And for me, it gave me what, um, what most people, are looking for, it gave me the opposite of that. Like I never had a comfort zone. I never could Mm. get comfortable with saying I got asthma, so I can't do this or I can't do that. Like, nah, bro, because you, just because you have asthma, that shouldn't limit you. Right. And that's not, again, that's not your average train of thought. Yeah. But once I got past asthma, bro, like, man, everything was wide open. There was nothing that I felt like I could not do. Did it take, did it ever take you to a place beyond what you were ready for. Like, and I'm trying to think of how to frame it. It seems like there's this ultimate can do attitude. Mm -hmm. There is no excuse. 
did you ever misread a scenario and apply that, you know, I can't use this as an excuse and it kind of took you to, to, you know what I'm saying? Like it's. Well, well, well no, you, you definitely have to use it. And, you know, I, I heard TD Jake say that if you give your child a car too early and they're not ready for it. Yeah. Then now they they out there, you know, if you give a 12 year old a vehicle, they're not ready for you can you you, you can be able to supply that for your child. Right. But you got to know when to, to to supply that thing. Gotcha. So a lot of times I think. My father was strategic about. Making sure it didn't it didn't spill over into ego gotcha. or it didn't spill Definitely. over into cocky. Right. Saying like, you know, like I never got to the point where it's like, you know. Everything was attainable when I was 15 or, you know, I, I still kept 15 year old goals in the 15 year old lane. It just scaled or, at it and scaled time. it as you. you as you went up, you know, just like for me. Um, even in sports, like my expectation was like, bro, we don't we don't play no freshman ball. We don't play no JV ball. Like if it ain't if it ain't VAR, right. then what do we, we we got work to do? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's just what it was. Like, man, by the time I was in 10th grade, man, I was one of the I was one I, I was considered one of the top 50 dual sport athletes in the state of Texas. Gotcha. But that's just because um via those lessons from asthma, via those yeah. lessons, man, I had a I had a I had a I had a man's work ethic. There was nothing like man, I didn't I learned again because I felt a certain kind of way. That does, that does not stop you from doing what you need to do. Gotcha. Like, like I know you feel like you just got out of the hospital. Yeah. I know you feel like you just had an asthma attack. But I need that yard cut. How far did sports take you? Man, sports, you know, uh, collegiately, man. And, and you know, sports probably, um, and I got hurt a few times. Man, I had uh, some knee problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on in high school, but sports sports probably could have took me to the league a hundred percent, hundred percent, especially in football. But again, um, that's really where I limited myself because I never really put a hundred percent in the football, never ever, bro. Yeah, and and uh, and I don't I don't really regret it. I regret yeah, it like sometime when the old heads like my dad's my dad got a friend man. Shout out to Mr. Felton, man. Uh, he still see me. I'm 45 years old, bro. He'll still see me like, man, we should have been watching you on Sunday. Wow. You know? But, um, and me and you talked about it even before we got on air, man. I also don't attribute that to uh, coincidence. So I don't, yeah. I, you know, like, I don't think it's much about my life athletically. Yeah. Any, I don't think it's much about my life, bro, that I'm just going to say I would have done this different or right. I would have done that different because I truly am grateful for every experience I've ever had, bro. Right. Just like I said, my, my father was not my biological father, but, man, when my baby got hurt, my first speaking engagement was at my uncle's church in Arkansas. He was like, man, I'm having this men's conference. I need you to come speak and tell people about the power of prayer, power of God. So I'm like, okay, huh, cool. My biological father was there. 
Go ahead. I'm going I'm to I'm step back. But go ahead. Finish that. Finish My that biological thought. father was there, bro. And I ran into the man in, in the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? I didn't realize he was there for that particular purpose. But I ran into him in the bathroom. And I'm going to tell you how much I don't know the guy is that we kind of crossed paths. And I was like, man, how do I know this cat? And he was looking, he, you know, he know me, but I'm looking like, man, how do I know? I was like, oh, okay, I got you. Okay. So he's like, hey, how you doing? I'm he man, man, I'm so sorry about your baby, man. I'm here to I'm here to hear your story, this, that, and the third. And I and I the first the, that that's the first opportunity I ever had to really speak to the man yeah. in the restroom of this church. And before the first thing right before I'm about to speak. But the first thing that came to my mind is exactly what we talking about. I told a man right there, like, man, I don't know what your set of circumstances was back then. But I hold no ill will towards you. You know what I'm saying? If, if I never speak to you again, if one of us pass on, I don't ever want you to think I hold any ill will because the way I, the, my perspective on my life is the best thing that ever happened to me was that my father adopted me. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask if you knew why adoption was the answer or adoption became the story for you. Do you well, well, I think, I think most of that was military. Okay. Um, just because the travel, the benefits, um, Everything. It was just. It was just a logical answer to to adopt me. And then, like I say, I don't. I don't really know what the adult. And and I'm gonna tell you, man. I and I and I'm gonna make a confession that I'm that I'm making right here on the Dear Son podcast, bro. I think I purposely throughout my life have avoided the story, so I wouldn't know. You know what I'm saying? I get it. Just because, again, man. There is absolutely whether my life would have been better, worse. I I don't even I yeah. I do no comparisons. Bro. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it does not matter because yeah. everything and every minute about my life, bro, I I want it. Yeah, I I want it, and I would never change one second, bro. Yeah. So I I mean, appreciate you dropping that on the show. I believe you. Not that that was the point for me to believe you. I am curious as to when you became this version of you. You said you're 45. I'm 42. I'll be 43 this year. And I have the same feeling about no regret. I, ha I have questions, but I don't question what happened, if that makes sense. Right. Not, not no, a I sense of questioning God. Like, hmm, I wonder. I'd like to be more informed about why maybe I'm prone to this or maybe these things happen. But I'm not sulking in how my life turned out. That's relatively recent for me. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how... At what point you became that guy or have you always kind of had that perspective on life? Because that's. I would say you had a much more enriched and fulfilled life the longer you thought that way. Right. The, the more time you spend on negative thoughts about what if, what if, what could have been, what, what, you know, why did this happen to me? It's robbing you of your current state. Mm -hmm. So for me, I robbed myself for some decades thinking you. about. Why, why, why? Not that my life was terrible, but just not having the right perspective. What, do you recall? Do you recall the shift where where this became who you are? Or, bro, I I just I feel like that's always like I don't you know even sometimes man my mom 
she'll ask me questions on and she'll and I can tell in her in her psyche, she's trying to figure out why I'm not asking why. You know, like so you don't wanna or you don't and 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 for me it's like um and especially after I had my girls, man, like that's a boat that I don't want to rock. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to um and my girls know I think I told them, man, maybe three or four years ago that 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 um that my dad is not my biological father, but the way that our family is set up, it 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 never made a difference, right? Because it's it's well, well, and and let me let me let me go backwards a little bit. My entire family, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about from my grandfather, my great grandfather, my grandmother, my like my family is built where, um, we don't have in laws like. Like my uncles and my aunts by marriage, them just my aunts and my uncles. Yeah. You know, my wife, when she when she came into the family, like, man, it's a lot of times my my aunts treat my wife like she was born into That's the family. That's how it goes. So That's how it goes. In, in in our family, bro, there there is no, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, and for me, I almost get offended. <laughs> Like when people say your stepdad, I'm I'm gonna check I'm gonna check people immediately. Like, yeah. bro, don't 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 do that to me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because because now you make putting step on something makes it feel like that's how I was treated, or you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, like if again, the I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a prime example. Like any of my homies, any one of them, man, and I hope all of them listen to this show. I'm talking about my homies from. Man, I got some of my best friends I met, like I said, on military braces when I was in third or fourth grade yeah. that I still in contact with that. And then I got some cats I done met here in the last 10, 15 years. Right. But every single one of them, bro, especially if I ain't talked to them in a while, first question out their mouth, like, man, how you pops, bro? Because because everybody know ain't no Reggie without my pops. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, I've never, even with my girls, my nieces, uh, my sister daughters, man, they they in their twenties now. Man, my dad over these almost fifty years, yeah. my dad has never missed a ball game. Not my ball game, not my sister's ball game, not my niece's ball game, not my man. My girls was hooping last night. Yeah. My pops had the game. Like, bro, none of that exists without him. Right. So, even to say uh, step this and step that, like, bro, sometimes. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the cat to the side, like bro, don't don't do that. It's almost like it's a, a built-in excuse, right? Um, like it, there's always that uh, they don't really have my blood, or I mean, it's, it's the thoughts, and, and and your story confirms it. My story with my family as well. Like a lot of people don't know that my oldest, not blood, mm-hmm. but that doesn't matter, Come right? On, and, it, and it was around. The same time, well, actually, she was she was less than a year old when I entered her life, mm. right? And we <laughs> I had a conversation with a, a, a good brother uh, that you'll meet for sure, um, James. We had a conversation called No Step Zone. Where we were talking about it. like he had been on both sides of it, where he had a family. He he was married once, right? And then they separated, and then another man came into the kid's life, mm-hmm. right? And then there was some dynamics around that relationship. 
Then he got remarried to a person that already had kids, right? And then there's some things that he started to understand about how immature he was at that time now that he's on the other side of it. Right. I get it the same way, but it's but it's almost like um, the job is the job, right? The, 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 the fatherhood, the father figure. Now, let, me, let me stay with being a father specifically. Father figures are important as well, very important, but like you don't you don't get to pick and choose what part of fatherhood you take on when you take on a child by way of relationship. Well, well, indeed, that's My why opinion. we that's why we also call the movement the father figure. Sure. Movement. Just because <clears throat> under that umbrella, we are all father figures. True. You know what I'm saying? And that's where um, biology is really thrown out the window. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. Our obligation is not just to our biological children mm. because we, 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 we don't get to control the set of circumstances. Right. You and I come from a set of circumstances that we didn't get to control. Correct. And if, and if biology, if, if biology is the only thing that we going, that we going to respect, then, then that means I get left behind. Right. Your baby get left behind. Right. Like, man, sometimes, sometimes that blood is thicker than water concept yeah is a is a is really a a deceptive concept yeah when it comes to s- certain circumstances yeah it's a co- it's a cool thing to say that we all accept and probably have different interpretations of it right yeah. and, and 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 if you interpret it in in the forms of of letting that limit you in fatherhood or yeah. letting that limit you as a father figure then now that's where you need to put stepfather on it you need to put step this and step that yeah. But at the same time, it's just like any other relationship, you know, like if if you treat your wife like your wife. That's her title. Right. You know, but that's based on treatment. Right. That's based on action. Wife, my stepmom, <laughs> you know, my side wife. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But which we don't condone. Let's be clear. We, we don't right. condone yeah. that. We, well, well, we, we don't condone it unless <laughs> the actions line up. Again, mm. like if you treating your wife like a step wife, mm. she gonna feel like a step wife. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like you, you can't be committed to your wife and not be committed to um, the children that may come with her. That's my point. Like, you don't get to pick and choose. In my opinion, and I haven't, I haven't dealt with every scenario, right? So this is how I feel strongly based on my mental filter, my my the experiences that I've had in life. But to me, it is selfish of anybody that finds a way to exclude them from the package. Now, if the kids are adults and they're set in their ways and they, you know, and they, and they, and they, they have, I shouldn't say they have a choice. They even children have choices, but like the, they're living their own life, right? right. They, they they are down a path to adulthood and, and figuring life out in their way. So I can understand them not being so receptive to maybe a new parent entering or what, or what those expectations should be. If you are placing yourself as the man, as the head, and it's mutually agreed upon with you and the woman, I can only speak from that kind of relationship because that's all I'm familiar with. There are no buts. Right. There are no exceptions. There are no exclusions. If you want all of the upside of the wife, that comes with all of the other sides of children. And actually, it's 
it's you're actually marrying a family, right? You you're actually dating a family, you're actually creating a relationship with right. a family, at least in most cases. I just I just I understand if your position is you choose not to deal with a woman that has kids. And 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 that has to be something that you decide once you find out that woman has kids. Sure. And another dynamic, and I think this is kind of what you're speaking to, like, see, for me, it was different because I had never developed a relationship with my biological father. Mm. But if you're dealing with children who do have that relationship, mm. um, or especially especially when you're talking about teenagers or, yeah. or, or, or young adults, Again, that's a that's a different dynamic to have to navigate yeah. because now you 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 truly are the step parent. Yeah. And you should you should you should embrace that, especially if they have a healthy relationship with their biological mm-hmm. father. There's nothing wrong with and and, and 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 that's really what I wanted to say. There's nothing wrong with being the step parent. Yeah. But um those things have to to line up. You know, so I, I agree with you. And, and that's a great clarification because, yes, the, the circumstances determine if that if that um, that title is attached. D- just legally. Right. Like it is. I hate saying it is what it is, but that those are the circumstances. I'm also saying the treatment. And and, and yeah. there you go. It, it Respectfully, not to cut you off, D, respectfully, if if. If you come into a child's life and you can respect their relationship with their biological Absolutely. father and the biological can can respect the relationship with you. Yeah. Then there you go. Yeah. That's the that's the right circum that's the right set of circumstances yeah. that all of us should want. Yeah. And, and we got in my scenario, we got there. Right. It was because of we because we were immature early on. Right. All, all of us, all all parties involved. And I'm not going to point any fingers. There was some that was some of that chest puffing out like the, who, who's, the who's gonna be the dominant figure and all of this like the, exactly the ego but we i think we worked through that really quickly without it escalating to anything worth talking about right mm-hmm. but the being on the other side of that being the guy that that steps in whether that relationship is good or bad and their relationship i don't speak on because my daughter's an adult now and whatever she wants to figure out as it relates to that part of her family, I'm all for. Like we never kept them apart or, or made it difficult or anything like that. But there is a piece of me, and, and I had in the conversation, I said in the conversation with James, so it'll probably be a thread. Um, as that parent, knowing that the biological is still uh, in their life, there was like some hesitation in certain moments for me. Because of what I thought could happen. Right. Right. And to give it more context, my mother's father walked out on her. So I understand having a parent that didn't have a father. Right. Right. And, gotcha. and, and so I'm sensitive to it. My wife doesn't know her biological father. Right. But her father that's provided and has been that you know, provided that relationship and the end, not just the representation has actually been her father has been in her life like around the same time that I came in. So there's this, there's all these dynamics of, of, of circumstances in our family, in in our family that give me, that adjust my approach sometimes. Right. Sometimes I didn't want to be too hard on her because I'm like, 
the work that like to cut me deep would to say, well, you're not my father anymore. Anyway. Right. We, we never got there. Nah, I, got I don't you. think we'll ever get there. But that, being on that other side, there is part of the dynamic of is there a line, right? And there's always a sensitivity of if they want to flip that switch and lean more toward the biological, especially if your parenting approaches are, are different, man. Uh, and I, I'm just throwing it out there because it, it, nothing about it is perfect. Nothing that we're saying is cut and dry. You're a father or you ain't. You're a step or you ain't. It's all in the activity and making sure that all of the parties involved can can at least live amicably, communicate, and do what's best for the family dynamic. And do what's best for the children. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, one thing that, that I'm a big believer in, in, and this came from the dynamic in my household, is, um, and it's speaking exactly what to what you're saying, is respect is earned, is not given. Sure. You know, so whether you're the biological parent or not, all of us... Um, in, in our daily walk and our daily activity, man, that's a form of earning the respect yeah. of the child. Yeah. You know, sometimes we, we, as, and especially as fathers, we get, we get prideful and egotistical to where it's just, you know, do what I say, not, not as I do. Right. And sometimes that doesn't earn our children's respect. See the thing with my father in the in the in the step or biological, you know, all of that type of stuff came from his provision. Right. Like, man, I never I never felt like he provided for my sisters or he provided, you know, there was no different there was no difference in provision. Yeah. You know, I respected the man because, you know, we always had a roof over our head. We always had a meal to eat, man. We 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 went on vacations. We did things. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that that is what never made me identify with the step part. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's and a lot of what we was talking about earlier. That what that's what made me never go looking for. Like man, I don't want nothing else. You know what I'm saying? It it, it it's kind of like it's kind of like the dynamic with your with your wife. You know what I'm saying? If you go looking for something, you're gonna find yeah, something. Find it, yeah. Stay out her phone. Right. But with me, I didn't want to go looking for something and find something. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't want to have to compare anything. You know, that's better or worse. Right. See, a lot of times people think you say things like that because you think your your life would have been worse. Yeah. Like, no, I didn't want to find better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I didn't want to go out there and find out my biological father, a multimillionaire, and he... Like, nah, I, I want what I got. You want your circumstances. I want to hold what I got. <laughs> I don't want to go find nothing. You said something so interesting um, that I know I've thought through. I don't know if I ever articulated it. Is we're talking about respect. I was following you and, and you and you said children, earning your children's respect. Coming from a generation of be, be seen, not heard. There we go. Like, that's a conversation that I never thought. To have, it's important to me, and I believe that, not even I believe, one thing that will happen with, with my family dynamic that will change is um, children have a voice. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, and then this is, I've had a conversation with my parents. They watch it all the time, so they, they understand the context of what I'm saying. They, they had the information they had, and they had to act on it, Right. 
if they didn't act on that information, that's between them and God. Right. If I have new, better, more informed, uh, you know, information at this point, me not applying that is between me and God and I'm robbing my children. Right. But I, I, th- I think it needs to be people, especially father, eh, especially fathers, because that's the life I live. I'm not apologetic about that. Your children respecting your rules and respecting you are two different things, right? The things that you say happen in this house or don't happen in this house, and you have that authority, right? That right. is your dominion. That's your domain, right? And and if if you're married, whatever y'all set together, that's how that works. But that doesn't mean they actually respect you, right? And it's not a mandatory thing. It's not a an automatic thing. How does that how does that impact your approach to fatherhood having that perspective? Because because there's discipline, especially I know you got sports, you got all these other things, things that you have to do, and that's greatness. Think those things will get them they, they, those things are necessary for life. Mm-hmm. But them respecting you, I can see it in your eyes that it's important to you. Well, well, respect comes from again, it comes from action. Mm. And it comes from applied action. You know, see, sometimes, no, all the time, the concept of do as I say, not as I do, does not earn respect yeah. in any circumstance, not even just in a in a in a in a parent child, you know, even if me and you, if me and you are, let's say we we go, we play in a men's league, we go hoop. Yeah. And you saying, like Ridge, we 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 got a game at eight. But you don't get there to nine. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now it's it's like, look, I can't I can't respect you because you're an hour late. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. And and even with children, bro, like uh, for me and especially having daughters, um, they have to respect us as men, mm. even before they have to respect us as fathers. I want my I want my daughter's respect so that they understand what manhood looks like. Mm. Not not necessarily fatherhood all the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of times, man, when it comes to having those vulnerable conversations and having those uh, even the male female conversations or, you know, that's where your children have to respect you. Yeah. See, a lot of times, like you said, we only we only apply respect to discipline. Like nah, discipline is 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 structure. Yeah, and and all of us should be in, in tr- trying to implement structure. Yeah, but the reason why we need our kids to respect us and we need to respect them is so that when we do have those intimate conversations, right. they absorb it. So that you can have them. Number one, and, and yeah. you you can have them, and then they they don't they don't resist putting those things in the application. Yeah, they don't resist saying, "Look, man, when I feel like something going on." I'm gonna call my pops. Like yeah. pops, look, this don't feel right, man. Come school me. Yep. That's because now I respect what he's saying on on how to scan, especially in our in our situation, man. Like PTSD is so real, absolutely. That I need my kids to understand and respect the fact, like, man, don't don't put me in a position where I got to come and clear a whole building. Now. Yep. Because it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I've been traumatized as a father to the to the highest level of trauma. 
So don't, you know, I can't stop my girl. I can't stop my 16 year olds from being 16 year olds. Right. But I have to understand. They have to respect the fact that they know what what I dealt with yeah. as a father. See, I, and I can't speak for their mama. Uh, and and that's why it's, it's different dynamics to it. Yep. Like we can speak to them as parents. She can speak to them as a mother. I can speak to them as a father. They can speak to us as, as kids because if we're not having those respectful conversations, I don't really know how they don't even know how to come to me and tell me like, daddy, we might need to go to some more therapy or right. this is a situation that I'm dealing with right now. Or, um, man, just like my baby, she has to wear uh, uh protective headgear to hoop now. And again, man, even talking about hooping is, 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 you know, that's speaking directly to the, to the God piece of our situation. But um, there was a, there was a girl who, took some pictures of her playing and put it on social media. Like, Oh, this is what we doing. Kind of making fun of her. Mm. But again, the, that intimate conversation that we had to have comes from, comes from that respect that we're talking about. Yeah. Like, look, I need you to come over here with me. So, so you and I can have this heart to heart about how you feel about that scenario. And then because because we we there is a mutual respect there, I'm gonna tell you why you never let that defeat you. Right. And then she then she can apply that. Like now we like, man, you know what, man, my pops done told me like what it is. I I I even though I know she know what it is, yeah, but the respect that she has for me as a father allows me to reiterate, like, man, nah, we not we not letting nobody steal your joy. Right. That's your superpower now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Having 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 dealt with such a traumatic, ex, di- still dealing with such a traumatic, I want disrespect it, every day dealing with such a traumatic experience. What was the first thing that you had to adjust for you before you could even be what your family needed you to be? Um, man, the Bible the Bible says, "Be angry, but sin not." And and a lot of times, bro, when it comes to, you know, a lot of stuff that we read and a lot of stuff that we hear throughout our lives, the application part is the hardest part as a man, bro. Like the one adjustment that I had to make and still have to make every day is putting my emotions on the shelf. And not reacting to how I feel. You know what I'm saying? Like it's nothing. It's nothing but the grace of God that that kept me out of those feelings. Yeah. Not, you know, man, you know, when when people saying. You can't sleep, you can't eat a lot of 90 percent of that was was because of my baby. But 10 percent was like, man, I I got to go get it done. Yeah. I got to go out here and, 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 and like, man, cause man, my baby was in the ICU for eight days. I'm talking about like, don't know what her brain function is. Don't know what, you know, we checking vital signs every 10 minutes and you know, yeah, like, man, it's, it's like, um, it's one of those deals that, and I, and I quote Miles Monroe. I don't know if he the one who, who, 
originated it, but adversity introduces a man to himself. You know, like this Reggie didn't exist before that. Right. Because the Reggie before that, hands down, is probably in the penitentiary. Probably in the penitentiary. But um, like you and I discussed before, man, I'm hoping that every father can can make the decision because because in, in my mind and in my heart, I knew that if first of all, my other baby was struggling. Yeah. First and foremost. Yeah. My wife struggling emotionally. But the main concern that I had is that my baby wakes up, is coherent, and don't see daddy. Even if even if even if I even if I feel justified in revenge or people telling me like, oh Ridge, that's what I would have done, man. You if somebody would have had to come down to a jail cell and tell me your baby looking for you. That's worse than that's worse than the, that's worse than the scissors in the head. Like man, she keep wow. asking for you, bro. Your baby looking for you. I there's there's nothing that would have made me ever want to deal with that. Yeah. What what um how would you, how would you describe your family now? How would you describe the, the the relationships within your house now? Man, that's a great question, bro. Um and this is this is um a testament to growing up in a military household and always having to adapt to change. You know what I'm saying? For yeah. me as the leader in my house, as the man in my house, that's where I attribute um, where we are now to to how I was raised. Like when you when you when you say everything about our family has changed, bro. Like everything has changed. You know what I'm saying? Like me and my wife are we in a different marriage. Yeah. We different parents. My kids are different teenagers. You know, like man, we Mansfield, Mansfield ISD. My kids were athletes. They Man, now we live in Grand Prairie. We're in Grand Prairie ISD. They done had to make all new friends. Right. They done had to adapt to an all-new situation, man. Me and my wife have, um, man, we've had to navigate two individuals who deal with trauma differently trying to coexist in a in a 21-year marriage. And, man, that's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Like, again... My upbringing allows me to navigate it a little bit differently and kind of and kind of, you know, be the captain of the ship because I understand what it feel like to I can tell my kids what it feel like to have to make new friends and change schools and gotcha. and make the adapt make 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 however they need to adapt to things and and put things in perspective. But bro, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough, you know, but what I do appreciate about this side of it, man, is um, the gratitude that all four of us have for where we are. Right. You know, when you can always, regardless of how tough things get, man, and how tense, yeah, how much tension it is, man, between me and my wife or the kids or whatever it is, man, we all kind of relax and say, man, like, bro. We got to be grateful for this side of it. Yeah. 
as tough as it is, man, like think about think about it from the perspective of having twins. And we really had to contemplate, man, like is one of my babies about to die. And that's why we celebrate. We celebrate like it's a birthday every day. You know what I'm saying? And especially, like I say, this anniversary, man, that's truly an anniversary for us. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Because, man, this thing could have looked so much different, bro. So much different. And I'm talking about as as tough as change is, um, it, I can't even imagine how tough it would have been without my baby here. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm grateful for, I'm even grateful for, for the, you know, for the tension and the, the adversity. Yeah. Rezzy, there's so much, so much left to say. <laughs> you said so much has been said. There's still so much left to say. I, I think, I think this is an appropriate place to, to wind this conversation. But like I said, I, I hope, and as we discussed before, However I can help um, in the healing process as it relates to telling your story, I am definitely here for that. Um, what you've given the listening audience is, is more than sufficient in this episode, but what we talked about that didn't make this episode literally changed my perspective, right? I thought I was grateful. Just like I said earlier, I, I got to this place where I'm fine with everything now. Mm-hmm. But I'm fine with everything because my tragedy hasn't been tragedy in right. retrospect. Right? right, it's been tough times, things that we got through. But you had a, a very unique set of circumstances that um, that the world that are going to benefit the world because of your willingness to um, mature from it. Right, and I think that's uh, I think that's remarkable. Um, I I want to I want to transition and wind down on the on a lighter note, if there is one to be had, um, you're a podcaster too. Right, 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 Let's right, talk right, about, right. let's let the audience know about um, your podcast, where they can find it, and uh, how I can get on it. Right, right. No, we, you know, it's already done. <laughs> Come on, man. We just, we just, uh, we just, we just assisting each other's, For each sure. other's buckets right now. Yeah, but yeah. Um, the Father Figure Podcast, man, we, we, um, we are on YouTube. We are on um, all the um, the audio outlets as well. But it's just the F two Father Figure Podcast, man. And um, you know, just like dear sons, man. We we just we just have different perspectives on on fatherhood and and talk about different experiences and different setups and different um, different dynamics to this thing, man. Yep. And um, you know, for us, I try to have you know, uncles and coaches and, and everybody on because we all need to understand um, how much our our voices are needed. You know what I'm saying? For me, that voice, and we didn't really speak on that, just kind of touch on it for a second. The dynamic with the boy who stabbed my daughter, man, um, was, was really what fueled where we are now. Yeah. Um, because I didn't see that father figure. I did all the, all the, the, um, the court appearances, man, it was, you know, mama and grandmother and sisters and, 
And that's the only that's the only thing that really got me to a place where I could even get close to forgiveness is that I started to see like, man, this 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 guy didn't know no better. He didn't know no better. And it don't take a biological father. It, you know, a lot of lessons I got, I got from coaches and uncles and like anybody can tell you, man, you don't physically approach a female ever. Under any circumstance, and especially with a weapon like, bro, you know, that's the that's the one thing that I that I couldn't I couldn't even begin like, man, you why do you have a pair of scissors? Even if you going even if you coming to approach my babies, yeah. what you got scissors for, bro? And if you that scared, leave them alone. Right. But um, like you say, man, th- these platforms are about um, really understanding how important not us just physically, yeah. but our messages, bro. We we gotta be, you know what I'm saying? Every one of us has to be out here co-signing each other. Yeah. Like, man, we you, you we not putting our hands on no on no girls, bro. Yeah. Then when they come in my presence, I'm like, man, look, man, yeah, I know your daddy. You know better. Yeah. You know, it, it just gotta be, you know, continual co-signs. Yeah, I can I can think of at least four other conversations I want to have with you. The, the, the girl dad one was a struggle for me, but that's one thing I knew early is that I didn't want to, and I've said it before, I didn't want them to get become accustomed to a man adjusting them physically. Right. Because where do you draw the line? And then people say, hey, your father's... The, they're being conditioned, mm-hmm. right? And you can argue with your insecurities in the comments. I don't really care how you feel about it. But um, right. I, I shared that sentiment. And, and I had girls first. And then when I had a son, I kind of kind of went the other way. But that's a whole other conversation. Again, man, I appreciate you. We'll make sure all of the information is linked down below. Um, for the listening audience, if you're on the audio platforms, um, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, all of the things, please make sure that you're following the podcast. Make sure that you rate it. It helps us get noticed. It helps uh, us get recommended to other people like you that will find this information valuable if you're on YouTube. Thank you for enjoying the visual experience. I hope that you appreciate it. Um, also, those that are on Roku, you might not have known that uh, Dear Sun Network is on Roku, and I'll start promoting that a little bit more. Trying to develop a few more shows, but it's there. If that is your preference, uh, you can you can Roku it. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, we appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. Peace. My man. Yeah, that was good, bro. The Dear Son Podcast is produced by D. John's Live Studios. All rights reserved. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.